Namaste and Cthulhu Fatagan. It's KITI City Radio, where the only thing softer than the modern human body is the K in our name. I'm your host, Steve Smith, filling in for Ira. What's up, my babies? It's your daddy from another laddie, your mister from Westminster, your den leader and late night trash bin eater, Wolf the Dog. And I'm taking over your radio like Mr. Swackhammer. So welcome to 694.2 PTBP, the city's newest and only pirate radio station. Let's hit them right off the top with a little bit of Howlin' with Wolf. This one comes from at tread underscore 26 on Twitter, who tagged at pretending pod. What a beautiful thing to intentionally spend 30 seconds of your day to make old Wolf the dog smile like that. This cat at tread underscore 26 sent me a hell of a tale. The infamous story of nine pins. I told him the people need to dig into this written word, so he posted the story on the subreddit r slash pretending to be people. So I just wanted to give a shout out to my good buddy Cyrus. Nine pins, if you're listening over there at the kitty cat lounge, stay safe. I hope everyone is behaving themselves tonight. Well, I'm sure bouncing a bit easier when there isn't much clientele, which is, may I just say, an excellent transition into the news. Contention is a ghost town. The silence is eerie. I guess the disappearances freak people out enough to bail and take a panic vacation. I don't blame them, my wolf pups. I don't at all. Shit was getting real spooky up in here. An FBI agent showed up and made an announcement that included the phrase, The boys in blue are here for you. And now, the contingent police officers are nowhere to be found. So I go out too, with a love for contention. From above came a mission, to deliver the tones that will rattle your bones. It's a brand fucking new one, folks. It's Godzoo with no backbone. Contention. Oh, welcome to Contention. That's that's, that's terrible. Keith's, yeah, that's Keith's that's favorite podcast. That's the first podcast. time that Contention has been mentioned. Absolutely. Probably, yeah. yeah. Wow, I'm so honored. We made it like 30 episodes. What almost. about? Well, it's still con- not in there. Contention. Ooh. Also, also never been said. <gasps> or uh, cunt tension. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Slap that, that explicit sticker on there. <laughs> Oh, we earned it. We I like earning the explicit oh, tag. Yeah, of course. It's important. We work hard for If what you're a we baby, have. stop listening to this unless you want to know bad words. Yeah, and if you are a baby, then listen up while Allie tells you who she is. Hey, Allie. Hey, what's up? <laughs> My name is Allie Jepson. I'm a woman. <laughs> we got one. We finally got one. We got another. You Zach's think wife. I'm a woman. I mean, I'm a wife, too, to myself. Right. Oh, that's right. cool. Yeah, we have an open relationship, though. So Dennis Rodman cool. style. Yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. Are you also friends of North Korea? <laughs> yes. Hey, what do you think about this? Zach and I were talking about a good way to get the divorce rate down is to <laughs> enact the Bobbitt Act of 2019. You know, like, you're fighting over property, you know, mm-hmm. like... Uh-huh. Uh, Zach gets if Zach and Taylor got divorced, like Zach would get the car, right? Maybe Hopefully. maybe the house, but uh, Taylor would get to keep Zach's penis, right? Oh wow! Yeah, we think it would drive divorce rates down. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Like, what would she do with it though? Well, it's more of a trophy. like a trophy, yeah, right. trophy hanging above the mantle, in a jar. But then we yeah. said uh, Zach said stub porn would uh, probably be on just right? <laughs> it would skyrocket, right? Oh shit! Um. I mean, people would get pretty into it. They'd have to. Well, right, I'm right. thinking with all the abortion stuff going on right now, you could easily slip this Bobbit Act uh, unnoticed. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Just throw it in there. You could do. Page. You could throw anything in anywhere right now. Oh. Ooh. I, Ooh. <laughs> 
Sometimes I open my mouth and I don't Same. think about what's happening. Zach oh. is just a, se- a sexually aggressive man who can <laughs> hardly keep his urges <laughs> in his own mind. Good God. <laughs> Put it in. Yeah, so oh, I take wow. out all that energy on this podcast. Yeah. I'm so for you, the listener. For just for you, baby. Yeah. Allie, um, have you ever role played before? Literally never, unless you count with myself. Well, your your Go, wife? Yeah. <laughs> with my wife. Well, if it's in the marital bedroom, it's fine. That's what I always say. <laughs> nope, never role played. I'm very excited to be here. Welcome. We're excited to have you here. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to get to plugs at any point at the end of the show. Uh, so go ahead and plug away now if you, uh, if you have anything you'd like to... Uh, Hmm, let's see. I sell stout penises from divorcees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And where can we find you? Uh, um, you can find me online at www.stubpeen.com. <laughs> I'm surprised that wasn't taken. <laughs> it wasn't. Well, I mean, yeah, It. we'll talk about that later. It's a live journal. <laughs> I'm... A comedian in a local gal pal comedy show called Basement Cats. And we have great shows once a month in Spring Vegas, Missouri. And where is uh, where is that compared to Springfield, Missouri? Um, In the same place. Cool, cool, cool. It's a lifestyle. It's a state of mind. Yeah, exactly. Aww. Per- anywhere in particular, or you, you move around? We move right? around, but you can find us on Instagram at Basement Cats with a K. Anywhere else? And also Facebook and LinkedIn. Whoa. Do you really have a LinkedIn? No, we don't, but we're going to have one tonight. (laughs) You're going to go home and make that. I'm going to go home and make us a LinkedIn. Good, because people will be looking for it. They will be looking for it. A lot of our listeners we've found are on LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm going to make Art Vigna a LinkedIn tonight, too. (laughs) We get the strangest analytics for this show. Uh, Tell us a little bit about Basement Cats, though. Yes, please. Um, Basement Cats, like I said, is a all-female comedy show. Um, we are here to give women a voice in comedy and we are a nonprofit. So, uh, we're a free show. We accept donations, which we give to a, to a local girl's home that assists with girls aging out of the foster care system. And we love being funny. That's awesome. Luke and I actually came to a show when we were scouting you yeah, <laughs> you were scouting. We went to me. the one at Big Mama's. Yeah, and it was so much fun. I'm it was, so glad you it had was a blast. pretty great. That was, I have to say, one of my least favorite shows really? that we had. So you well, should still definitely very come good. to another one. All right, good to know. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like the uh, Chowder House. Bit. Oh, that, that was, was incredible. God. That was my favorite thing of the night. It was incredible. The Chowder House is <sighs> up, still up and running. She does. She did a corn on the cob yes. eating contest yeah. the other day. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, I think it's new ownership now though. Uh, is it not? Well, so she sold it to, and I quote her Facebook, the Peruvians. <laughs> oh. The Peruvians who, own who, the Chowder who, Shack. Well, they they for like two weeks, and then I think like. Now she's back there, so I don't really know how that worked out. So but. are her and the Peruvians in cahoots? No, they what? got an annulment. Oh, yeah, God. yeah, it was a brief, so a brief marriage. Did, did she get their penis? Absolutely, they, she, oh, she did. got their pupusas. Their- <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dive into the show. Keith Vigna, you are violently holding a pillow over someone's face when the pillow itself transforms into an oily black ooze, and it washes over the face below it. Not of a person, but the face of the watch your father, William, gave your brother Ferguson so many years ago. Looking down at your wrist, you see you are wearing this watch, but when you look up, you do not recognize the world around you. Dust clouds settle to reveal a horse pulling a wagon through a small frontier town, and the bald man you know is Billy Harrison, the one who took your uniform and gun in the clinic. He is walking in your direction, and he keeps repeating, I did everything that you asked me to do, Officer Vigna. He holds up the strange-looking camera Officer Pettymore found in the car of Julie Maxwell and takes a picture of you. The light is blinding, and as it fades, you are standing in darkness, dank and chilly. Right in front of you is a massive tank filled with the now eerily too familiar opaque ooze. You press your face against the tank to see something creeping toward you. And as the face of Tildy B. Mitchell comes into focus, you are standing in an open field, the dead grass covered in a thin frieze crunching under your feet as you approach a metal hatch. 
but water, gross, murky water with bits of grass and sludge begin spewing from the creases of this metal hatch. The water begins to flood this field at an alarming pace. You look down and see your reflection in the rippling water, but something looks off. Opening your eyes, you see a bright light shining shining directly down into your face and a strange silhouette looms over you. As your eyes adjust, you see it is a head that is shaped like a football with spiky white hair frantically fopping atop a pointy head. She is wearing a large white lab coat and those big, chunky, evil scientist goggles that evil scientists wear. This pair is wonky, however, one goggle pointing down and away to accommodate the odd head shape of the wearer. She begins slowly tapping her long, wobbly fingers against your cheekbone and jawline, but you don't feel anything. Looking around this room, you see you are in some sort of laboratory. You are strapped down on one of several operating tables. The others are currently vacant. Mounted all over one wall are different surgical-looking devices, some old and rusty, saws and hammers and the like, and some shiny and futuristic with long needles or strange battery packs attached and such. Another wall is covered in shelves with beakers and mason jars of different shapes and sizes, all filled with different colored liquids and body parts. Some eyes and fingers, but also internal organs, some of which you don't even recognize. Running all throughout this room are tubes, like in a mail room, and they all lead to three large vats that hang on their sides from the ceiling. These tubes and vats seem to be some sort of funhouse-style aquarium, with different species of fish swimming throughout. This tall lady scientist walks over to the corner of the room and reaches behind a humanoid figure. What does this humanoid figure look like, Allie? This humanoid figure is <laughs> oops a beer can is a male with brown hair with blonde highlights that could easily be mistaken for frosted tips he is wearing coral shorts a coral shirt but a slightly different tone of coral <laughs> white crew socks and sperry's he also has a shell necklace around his neck and as the tall scientist reaches behind she seems to click or flip something and this humanoid figure starts to move yes he does this is an audio podcast so oh, you don't like my visual humor <laughs> the scientist pulls out a little uh, remote that she has and walks towards the door the only door in this room and as she turns around looking at you before she leaves she clicks this button and both of you feel extreme pain shoot through your entire bodies like an electrical current that is attached to every single nerve ending that you have it is excruciating and torturous and then she clicks another thing and it's gone and then she kind of laughs <laughs> and then she walks out of the door ow <laughs> Shit. Uh, hold on, I gotta take that in for a second. So uh, I'm strapped down on this operating table. You are. How good? Oh, pretty good. Oh, shit. Help me! Help me! I'm a fifth of vodka in and I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luke, uh, as Keith looks around the room, he sees the humanoid figure that has uh, started uh, waking up in the corner. And you see the the front pocket, the frocket, the dad pocket, if you will, on this humanoid figure begins to wriggle. It's a, a polo, right? Correct. It's a polo with a frock. Southern Tide mm -hmm. polo. And as it begins moving, you see this little uh, this little fish head pops out, and it's roughly the size of a softball. You have no idea how it fits so well inside this small pocket, but this softball-sized fish head pops out and begins moving out of the pocket, and you see that it's got a tiny little uh, human frame body underneath the fish head, but the head is uh, 
a bit too heavy. So as it flops out onto the lap of this humanoid figure, it's trying to lift its head up. And it says, hi. Oh, Goth. Oh, Goth. Oh, it's so, it's so crazy being me. And it looks up at its friend, uh, this bro-dressed humanoid figure. And it says, hey. Hey there. Hey there, remember me? Uh, yeah, fucker, I remember you. Why you always talk to me like that? It's so, I just don't really care for the language being so intense, but that's, that's fine. Oh, hey, oh my gosh. And the, the little fish character looks looks over at the table and says, we got, we got, we got a friend in here. There's another friend. Oh, oh, yay. Yeah, we got a friend. And he hollers out and he says, hey, hey, friend. I look over at him, but I, right now, I'm a little too concerned with making new friends. Am I still in my underwear, or am I clothed? I, I died in my underwear, or I almost died <laughs> I in my died underwear. I died in my underwear. You died in your underwear, you woke in your underwear. And it's weird, as you move your head around, you realize that you can't move your limbs. Your legs and your arms are... Like, am I paralyzed or just tied down? It feels paralytic in nature. Okay. Hey, friend, what's your name? I'm Keith Vigna, Contention Police Department. Hi, Keith Vigna, Contention Police Department. I am, uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering, have you ever been on the outside? <laughs> outside of this room? Yeah. Yeah, I have only recently been inside of this room. Oh, well, welcome. It's the room. It's, uh, there's a lot going on here. Are uh, you, fr- are you from here? Yes, yes, absolutely. Where are we? Oh, I am in the room, and so are you. That's where I'm from, and this is a very good room. This is my friend. His name's Brett, and he's a bit mean, but that's okay. Hey, Brett. Uh, sup, biatch? No homo, but looks like you're pretty fucking tied up right now. You see what I mean? Yeah, I already don't like this guy. You're, you seem young, and you're a fish. I'm not a fish. I'm a me, and I've always been this way, and it's okay. It's, I, I may not be like all my other friends, but that's that's fine. Do you know the, the scientist lady that just left the room? Oh, mean laid. Mean, mean laid? Mean tits, too. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm not a sexual being by nature, but yeah, she's got some pretty mean tits. Can you get me out of here? Can you, do you, help me? Can you help me? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, what do you mean, though? Like, like get me off this table. I can get you off for sure. I don't know if you know what that you just said. Oh, he knows. He's not a sexual being. (laughs) No, Brett. Brett, kids, I'm not a sexual being in nature, but I can, I can help probably. And the, the fish, like... It's not necessarily a fish, but it's more so just like this, uh, this head, uh, with like, yeah, but like those crazy, like human teeth, like one of those fish with the like human teeth all in it. It's a big smile, (laughs) but this tiny, like full naked human body underneath. What is, uh, what's the song that Billy Bass sings? The wall mounted fish. And put those old records on the shelf. Is that what it is? (laughs) I don't know. I have no idea, but I appreciate it. Yeah. (laughs) If you can't hook me then i'll hook myself okay Okay. um thank you for that you know what hearing a little bob seeger peps keith up a little bit yeah i still can't move though so i'm like hey if there's anything you can do to help me right now like we i can i can get you to the outside if you can help me out oh my god brett did you hear that uh do you think there's like for real life beer pong on the outside not just that we have to pretend in our own minds we pretend in our own minds all the time but brett always wins i get so wasted from beer pong in my mind if you guys can help me out i can i will buy you a beer pong table i'll Shut buy you up. i'll you buy you not i'll buy you a keg of keystone <gasps> And I will call the Delta Zetas because they're the easy deezies and we can have a party. Could you call the Chai Frappuccinos? Because, like, I've always dreamt of being in the Chai Frappuccinos. Dude, the Chai Frappuccinos know how to party. Shit! Yeah! I I, knew it! When I went to to a police academy in the city, I actually was a Chai Frapp. Are you fucking kidding me right now? We're Frapp Bros right now? We're Frapp Bros. Help, you gotta stunned. help me though. I can't deliver like, no any of these. No homo, but I'm hard. <laughs> Does that mean that you're gonna we're, that we're all gonna be frat bros together? You can be an honor honorary inductee into Chai Frap if you just fucking help me. Oh, 
and as this conversation carries on for God knows how long, the door opens again and a young girl comes bouncing into the room. Keith, you recognize this girl as your niece, Frances Beans. I look at her and I'm like, fuck you. And uh, Francis Beans is wearing a T-shirt that says Easy Deasy on it, the front of it. And she's wearing Sophie's. Is that what they were called? Yep. Yeah, she's wearing Sophie's. And like, what would be the what would be the shoe wear that would go along with this? Uh, it would be pink Yeezys. Pink Yeezys. And she comes bounding in to a fuck you from her uncle, Keith Vigna. And she says, oh, my God, Brett, you're like (laughs) up. That's so crazy right now. Uh, What's up? Uh, How old are you, man? Are you like this is a girl? I call everyone man because there are no women in my eyes. (laughs) You've got a weird, weird complex going on here. Yeah, women suck. They don't even exist. (laughs) Can't respect something that exists. How old is said niece? She like does that thing where she tilts her ponytail to one side and like bounces it with her palm. Old enough to know better than getting with a guy like you, Brett, you fucking loser. Okay, so where were we? Um, Keith, you're in a bit of a predicament right now, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, all thanks to you, pretty much. Yeah, 100%. Like, you don't even know what's happening. It's so crazy. Do you want to see a mirror? And she pulls, oh, uh, she pulls a mirror out of her ass crack and holds it up <laughs> to your face. You actually you see a couple uh, surgical lines uh, across your brow and then down one side of your nose and then across down to your lip, and then it moves... Uh, down your chin, kind of down to your collarbone, and stops. And she's like, let's get into the mechanics of how this has changed Keith Vigna as a character. Like, (laughs) in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck is she talking about? So basically, what we want to get into here is this is is a new part of the show that we're diving into where we're going to add in some Pulp Cthulhu mods to these characters for what they've been through and what's happening. So, Luke, do you want to explain what happened? Starting from... Uh, Your new talents that you got from the Pulp Cthulhu rulebook. I'm sure Zach will explain how this happened, but Keith has a variant of Iron Liver. We'll call it Iron Septum. (laughs) (laughs) And Frances uh, explains, she's like... Okay, so like I know you can't move right now because she's got you on off, but and she grabs your hand and she lifts it for you, and you see this like surgical scar going down your index fingertip from the tip of your finger down to about like the pit of your bow, the pit of your elbow. Yeah. Yeah, so when we were running all like the tests basically on you to like save your life cuz you were dead, we saw that you had like an abnormal amount of cocaine in your system and we decided that that was probably necessary in order to keep you going aka also invariably and indubitably we want to keep you on working for the glass corp our family we think that you could be like a pretty solid asset for us and so we want to make sure you're coked the fuck out whenever you want it so basically anytime you need to like perk up just shove that index finger right up in that schnoz of yours and we've loaded up cartridges of cocaine into your hand and your wrist going up to your elbow so there's like a lot of cocaine in there which basically means in game you can spend 10 luck to refill your willpower points to full hell yeah Allie, you you know what i mean I- no homo, but stick that <laughs> finger in my nose. <laughs> and you also picked up another... Uh, can I boof it? <laughs> you can, like, shove that finger technically wherever you want, and then she winks, and she's like, wait, you're my uncle. <laughs> That's nasty. Anywho. It's fucked up, man. You need to stay off Pornhub. <laughs> it's what everyone's into now. <laughs> so you also took Hardened. Yes. 
uh, which means that you will ignore sanity loss from violence and death from here on out. Do you want to explain why you took that, you fucking lunatic? Yeah. Uh, well, it's because after they did that surgery for the coke arm, uh, they also cut out the like empathy part of my brain. <laughs> so I no longer really have empathy for uh, other people. So yes. violence to other people does not affect me at all. Awesome. We had talked about you hitting your breaking point in this past day and how you would have a new disorder when you woke up. I'm going to consider this uh, waking up for you. And so there is a new disorder that you have. If you roll sanity and you fail, but the roll that you rolled would also fail on a power check, you are going to lose control of your character and just become super aggressive to anyone who is around you, basically, because you are going to think that they know what happened to you. Okay, and I'm going to do that and not tell anyone about it. Yes, right? yeah. I don't remember what my other disorders were. I was you need to lie. lie a lot. Yes, absolutely. And we have... Uh, I've, I've lied a little bit. Absolutely. I've, I've uh, just mostly not said the, the truth. The truth. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. You know. It's a okay. different kind of lying. Francis is standing over. It's like when someone's like, when's the last time you ate Arby's? I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> Middle school, probably. And yeah. I was drunk. Oh. And yeah. then, <laughs> as your mind wanders back to last Wednesday <laughs> afternoon. In your bathtub. I yelled at the 16-year-old at Arby's. I'm like, there's not enough cheese on this. I ordered six roast beef and cheese sandwiches, and there's only five in the bag, high schooler. Let me talk to your 18-year-old manager. I require cheddar. Okay, so like, I understand that you require cheddar, and I promised you a million dollars for killing your brother, and we're going to take care of that because Marvin Glass takes care of everyone that he cares for, and you're a part of our little family now. Well, I'm was also a part of I am a part of your you are a part of my family no too. that's like not even my family anymore like Ferguson was maybe the worst father that's ever existed I got out of there real quick I'm so ready for a life that is my own Keith thinks about that for a second he goes I think we're a lot alike then <laughs> and I I flash back real quick to that night where I orchestrated her father's murder and then I snapped back in and I'm kind of on board with this whole glass family thing. She sees the turn in your eyes and she's like, okay, so your body is basically a bit different now. And she like knocks like a door, like she knocks on your head on one side of your head and you feel nothing. And she's like, yeah, so you're like metal. <laughs> like basically a lot of you is metal because you are super fucking dead. And I brought you back into this world. And I'm so excited to one day maybe take you out of it if it comes to that. But maybe it won't. Anyway, so like I'm just so excited to have you with us because you seem really easy to manipulate. But anyway, um, we're gonna need you to get acquainted more so like with your body and stuff. And she looks over at Brett and she's like, Brett, are you capable of getting Keith ready to be in this new body that he has? Oh, I can tell you all about your body. Mainly the lower parts my favorite part of the body. Like the calves or like knees, maybe? No. Above the <laughs> Above it. <laughs> Keith like looks down and then looks back up at Brandon and goes, No homo? No homo man, but I I'm so stoked to tell you about your new dick. <laughs> So, I just Keith just closes his eyes and waits for someone to just let him get up. Yeah, I'm I'm resigned to whatever this is right now. So Francis pulls a remote very similar to the remote that the scientists pulled out earlier, and she says, "Well, in order to do that, I guess you're gonna be able to need to move your body." And uh, she's like, "I'll be back in a little bit. Maybe just like test it out and like." see what you're capable of, I guess. And um, yeah, 
I'll be back shortly. And she grabs the remote and clicks a button and you immediately feel through your entire body that you have control over what, what's happening. And she, um, she's like, Brett, you got his restraints, right? Like as she's walking out the door and then she closes the door behind her. Before I'm unrestrained, I like, you know, kind of move my body and I can feel that my left hand that has the uh, Coke dispenser. Yeah. When I like raise up, my right arm is like pretty constricted, but my left arm like goes a little farther than it would have. Nice. I need you to change your character sheet to a full willpower and full hit points as the surgery that has been performed on you has given you a new lease on life. Okie dokie. Brett. Brett, we got one. Okay, so check this out. So I'm pretty sure that, you know how we were talking to him earlier about maybe like letting him like bring us into the, like the world where uh, we could yeah. actually, yeah, uh-huh, where we could uh-huh. see the world. I thought it'd be fun if maybe, um, if we like got him to help us go see the, the rest of the world, like go, go out and explore. Dude, do you think he would like take us to Vegas maybe? What's a Vegas? Vegas? Okay, listen, I like saw it in like this one YouTube video that I saw when that doctor lady is watching YouTube videos about how to turn someone into a robot. I saw on this ad where there's this one place where you can go and you have like money and you gamble it and there's like women there also that sounds so extraordinary yeah like i know you're not a sexual person but like women are there wait what the like what do you mean okay so like me you know how have like the hugest dick on the planet you yeah know? i've seen it it's yeah, like it's so like so big. huge it's like, like a, the size like, of honestly, my entire body a prize no 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 dude it's like way bigger than that you're forgetting you're forgetting because of your forgetness you're forgetting that but you can't go there and and women, they just like flock to your dick. Like they love it. Like that's what I heard on that one ad that in Vegas there are women there that love it. So we could go there. Maybe he could take us. Keith, 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 will you take us to Vegas? If that's what you want. I mean, I've never been, but it seems like trash. You've been allowed to go out into the world this whole time and you've never been to this magical place where the women want to flock upon your dick? Fucking kidding me, man? I could peg you as more of like a Miami You can peg me if you want, but that's, I mean, I'm not a sexual creature. You know what? (laughs) Let's get the fuck out of here. I will take you anywhere you want to go. We can go to freaking, yeah, we'll go to Vegas. Okay, Okay, cool. And uh, so the fish, uh, so the fish, uh, the creature uh, begins like wobbling. I want you to picture this five-inch tall body. I'm thinking like a what was like Sid from Toy Story. I'm imagining like one of those toys that is just like all fucked up. It's like. horrifying looking. <laughs> yeah, it's totally like Ken Barbie doll with the head replaced by a softball-sized fish head. Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely what it looks absolutely. like. And uh, he's like wobbling toward the table and he's like, Brett, Brett, I don't think I'm going to make it in time. It's taking me so long to walk over here. Dude, you got to like try to walk faster, man. Can I be in your frocket? I just really hate it when you're in my frocket because it really just tickles my mantid and it's really uncomfortable for me. Hey, if you guys get over here and let me out, I will carry you. What is your name? My name? I don't. I've never been given a name. What's my name? Oh my God, what's my name? I mean, I just always call him bro. Dude, your name is Peter Dieter. Peter Dieter. That's a word I can say. Okay, Peter, get over here. One of you guys, just let me up. You can write on my shoulder. You can write in mine. <gasps> All right, fine. I'll put Brett. you in the fucking frocket so we can get over there and get to Vegas. Okay, thank you. Put him, put me on his shoulder. <laughs> all right, all right. Here you go. So Brett walks over and unlatches your restraints. I get up. I go grab Peter. And I sit him on my shoulder. Oh my god, this is so great. Thank you so much for giving me a name. I've never been a Peter before. I'm gonna give you something to say, just to kind of like lighten the spirit in the room a little bit. Yeah, it's I'm, a bit dark yeah. in here. Could you say Peter wants a cracker? Peter wants a cracker. <laughs> here we go. Okay, uh, so I get up, I've got Peter on my shoulder. So in this room, there's a bunch of like tanks. Like, yeah, they're hanging above you. There's three of them. They're like hanging sideways like above horizontally. you. Yeah. Other than that, though, is there anything like uh, that I can reach that is of any interest? I mean, you said there's like body parts, like preserved, sure, and stuff. But surgical tools on another wall. I 
Did you see his eyes light up? <laughs> said surgical tools. He's like, surgical tool. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I'm not gonna have to fight my way out of here because I'm. You're with the best of the best. Yeah. Do I see any like uh, like lockers with perhaps like some uh, clothing in them, like like laboratory clothes? That's a fun question. Go ahead and roll search for me. A search. I rolled a sixty-four. On a 60? On a 40. On a 40. Uh, looking around, you find a locker inside. There is another change of clothes for Brett. Yes. Uh, Brett, what is your uh, secondary, your alternative colors? My secondary colors is very very similar to my first outfit. Still a polo and shorts that are made of some sort of material that's like wet cardboard. <laughs> Uh, but these, the shorts are actually a light blue, maybe a teal, and the top is an orange color. So I, th- I throw on this, uh, like a very light orange color. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my God, Daddy, you're gonna look so good. Oh, in do not call me that. Do not call me that. I, I. But you named me. You're my Daddy. I pick up Peter and I set him uh, on top of the locker. Thank real you. Quick. And I put on the the polo. Uh, the orange polo, it is way, way too tight for my upper torso. Fits just right. And then I put on the the teal shorts, and they are like three sizes too big. <laughs> <laughs> and so I I look around, and um, uh, there's a pair of Sperry's in the the bottom. Thank God for that. There's a pair of Sperry's in the bottom. I take the, uh, like, Shoelaces out of the Sperry's. I slip the Sperry's on and I make a makeshift belt out of the uh, shoelaces for Keith. So Keith is now wearing a two sizes too small polo. Yeah. Three sizes too big pants and some loose Sperry's. Yeah, suits you. So no, no socks though, because why would I? What if you get the sweats? <laughs> yeah, then, Keith. What if you get the sweats? Well, then they'll be sticky and they'll stick to my feet. Better. Tight. Oh, sick. It's going to smell so good. Do you guys ever have that thing happen where your feet are sweating so much that there's like a, like almost like a creamy residue oh, yeah. mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the bun? Yeah. When All I right. wore Tom's. Well, moving on. Yeah. I never felt hotter than that moment. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so the three, uh, what were you guys called again? The, um, oh, the, yeah. Uh, chai Fraps. Chai Fraps. Chai Fraps. <laughs> the Fraps. Oh, the... wait. We need to do, uh, okay. So I, I picked Peter back up. I set him in between me and Brett, and uh, I look at Brett. I'm like, we need to induct him into Trifrap. We're two brothers. Brett and I, we we make the hand symbol, which is uh, like as if you're cupping a, a coffee cup. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then you, as if you're, you know, sucking a, a straw, like oh, a straw. And then, and you, we fake spit the Trifrap onto mm-hmm. Peter. And he is now an honorary inductee of the Chai Frap fraternity. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Welcome, Chode. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we got to haze him now. Oh, I've always wanted to do this. I'm going to get hazed? Yeah. I, I pick Peter up and I go over to one of the uh, jars that holds preserved human parts. Sure. Which which jar did I pick, Brett? That jar has a huge dick in it. <laughs> yeah, it it's 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 labeled Bobbit Act of 2019. Perfect. And I dunk Peter in there. Uh huh. Oh wait, I'm a, I'm a fifth. I can. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, this is this is weird that I can talk in here, but also at the same time, it's like wow, being this close to one of these monsters, right? <laughs> Yeah, too bad it's not as big as mine. Yeah, well, it probably wouldn't fit in this mason jar. You're fucking right. We need a five-gallon pail. That's okay. cool, bro. Like, hey, if we don't leave now, I bet we're all going to get caught. <laughs> yeah, so part of your hazing is you have to stay in here. So I grab the jar, and I'm carrying the jar around. <laughs> Peter is uh, putting his little fish head over the top. His body is in the preservatives with the penis, but his head is just hanging out. Perfect, like, and uh, Peter... Peter starts moving his bottom legs around and, and he like picks up the uh, bobbited penis from the bottom of the jar and like lifts it with his feet up into the position where it looks like it's his. I'm a sexual queefer. 
Good for you, Peter. And we leave this room finally. Yeah, we, we, we walk out the only exit. Walking out, you walk into a hallway that is made completely out of black marble. The floor, the walls, and the ceiling. It is almost disorienting walking out into it. And as your eyes adjust, you notice that there are two doors in this hallway. Are they just like uh, side by side? Or are they like one on the left, one on the right? Let's go one on the left, one on the right. Have either of you ever been out of that room before? Nope. No. Um. Chai Fwaps forever. Yeah, for life. Okay, let's go to the left one. Yes. I'm, I, I lead the way. You know what? I, I hand the uh, jar. Uh, yeah, with, let me take that for a minute. I, I hand the penis uh, Peter jar. Uh, just the Peter jar, I think. Just Peter jar. The yeah, Peter jar, I hand it over to Brett. I'm like, hey, hold on to this. Peter squared. Wow, this jar is so light because how small the stick is compared to mine. <laughs> <laughs> I turn the knob to the door on the left and open it up oh so there's actually no uh it just push just yeah it's push a push it. it's a okay. push door i push it open then <laughs> no it's actually a pull uh so <sighs> no actually i was here yesterday it goes both ways <laughs> and then you slowly <laughs> i just push my shoulder into it and i'm like looking back at them I'm like yeah it's one of the best sketches i've ever it's seen so sketch. good oh my god <laughs> Okay, as you walk through this doorway, you see another hallway. And at the end of this hallway is a 10 by 10 slab of black marble and four guards, two on either side of the enormous and strange door that slowly slides open as you approach. And these guards are in full brown jumpsuits, and they each have a large scythe strapped to their backs, and the blade of each scythe is shaped like an enormous fish hook. A closer look reveals these men have unnatural, matching faces. Their eyes are far apart, almost on either side of their face. Their noses do not jut out, but are rather just two slits above their two wide, thick-lipped mouths. And they have a few flaps on either side of their necks. They look eerily similar to Peter Dieter. Hey, Peter, speak your language to these guys. And the guards. <laughs> they got pretty, pretty Star Wars <laughs> down in there. Yeah, kinda, yeah. I'm, I like Star they got Wars. Pod racer. Uh. <laughs> Do you practice that just by sticking your face in your shower head and just like? Well, no. Uh, Zach actually has that written down on his <laughs> computer right in front of him. He's like, if they take a left and they ask you to do this. <laughs> and uh, as as Peter says that, the uh, the guards begin marching toward you, and Peter looks up and he goes, "I I don't think." What I did you I say to them? I, I just I just said that uh, we're the chai flap motherfuckers, and we're here to take you the fuck out because we getting out of this place. Okay, tell them now that we are experiments, and we're if you touch us, you're gonna get the same disease we have. <laughs> And the guards do not cease. Oh, fuck. Damn it. Okay, I turn around and I'm like, let's go to the other door. And I run out and I press the door on the right open. Oh, you push? I think you're supposed to pull it. <laughs> I, However, to get the fucking door open, I do that very quickly while these guys are walking at us. And as you go through that door, you hear the wonderful stellar tones of, oh my God. When I said that you could, like, move about and figure out, like, what was going on, I didn't mean... Get the fuck... Oh, my God. Okay, we're going to see Marvin right now. And Francis, like, pushes you back in to the door, like, in the hallway you were coming from. And the guards are, like, right up on the other side, and they're bumping into you. And they just kind of heard you toward like they, they they surround you and begin walking you down this long hallway back to where we came or no no you're going toward the door you haven't been in that the okay. guards were guarding before i look at them I'm like i was gonna go here anyway and you walk through as this um this giant slab of black marble 
movies uh, <laughs> moves out of your way. And, Wakanda forever. <laughs> and uh, you walk through the doorway, and inside you see the room, and it is the size of a basketball court. And to your left, one of the long walls is entirely made of glass. Get it? There is a murky greenish water on the other side, like an aquarium of staggering proportions. And Marvin Glass stands there, arms folded behind his back, staring into the cloudy water. Marvin Glass stands there. You've seen him once before. He has a massive frame, but it is completely gaunt. There's no muscle or fat, and you can imagine just skin stretched across these long bones. And uh, Marvin's dressed in a fitted black tuxedo. He turns around. The skin on his chin is almost translucent. There's no hair. Not even a slight shadow of facial hair can be seen on either side of two thin, bright red lips. Actually, not really lips at all. Just candy red lipstick messily encircling a round hole above the sharp see-through chin. And the orifice begins to move. Hello, Keith. Marvin. Francis, if you wouldn't mind, I don't think I trust him right now. And Francis pulls that remote out of her pocket and clicks a button. And Brett and Keith, you both freeze. Fuck. Just your limbs, like your body from the neck down, completely paralyzed. But we're still standing. Yep. Mm. I was worried about the penis jar. I'm worried about <laughs> Oh yeah, no, shit. yeah, no. It's it's, it's still being held strong, yeah. Keith, I would like to offer you your future. I believe that Francis has already prepped you on some slight details of your new form. I want to just say thank you. And in order for me to say thank you to you, Marvin walks extremely quickly like you see his form just walking but in the blink of an eye he is across the room and he presses into this square on the wall and a panel opens and it reveals one million dollars in cash and he points at it Keith you have earned this money you have and I want to give it to you but I am afraid of what giving a man like you one million dollars could do for our relationship now I'm still willing to part with this money but the surgery that we gave you was quite expensive so I will require one more deed in order for you to pay off this surgery, I need you to do something for me. Are you willing to do something for me? I look at the million dollars, and in Keith's mind, I've already had that realization of I was dead. They've brought me back. I realize that I've got that cocaine arm, and it seemed a little more powerful than I was before, and I feel very different. So I look at the million dollars, and I look at Marvin. What is it? In order for me to even tell you, I need you to show your loyalty to me. And he gestures to Brett, but more specifically, the jar that Brett is holding. And Francis walks through and grabs Peter out of the jar. Oh, oh, thank you so much, Mommy. I'm just so glad to, that I could be here for anything. Oh, bye, Dad. Bye, Dad. Bye, Dad. And she walks over to the extremely large aquarium where Marvin is now standing. And she hands Peter to Marvin. Some things must be sacrificed. And he whispers under his breath, and you see this bright light inside of the orifice above his chin, and the light kind of comes out onto his hand, and he grabs Peter, and he reaches through the wall of the aquarium and releases. 
and then pulls his arm back out through the glass wall of the aquarium. And you see that on the other side, in this murky water, is now swimming about Peter Dieter. And all of a sudden, this massive creature that looks almost exactly like the guards that were outside, except four times bigger, swims into focus and swallows Peter Dieter whole before swimming back into the darkness of the aquarium. Marvin looks back over you. Uh, let's let's take it one more, perhaps. And Francis Bean walks over to Brett and just starts taking him apart from behind piece by piece, falling off, metal hitting the floor, scraps falling by the wayside. All that's left is Brett's head, human-looking head, frosted tips akimbo, sitting on the floor. And with one final breath, Brett says, Do it, man. Do you even know how much natty light you could buy with a million fucking dollars? Marvin is immediately back on the other side of the room. He presses into another panel, reveals... Keith's small but powerful gun, the odd camera with the glass tubes all around it, and the odd gun with the strange tubes surrounding it. And he grabs the tiny, powerful pistol that you found in A-plus storage in contention, and he walks it over to you, and he holds it out. You belong to me. I will send you off to the cemetery. There's a funeral happening for your former co-worker, Ari Manstein. Her father will be there. Stan Manstein is rarely in public. We need to take this opportunity to take him. I would like you to bring him back to me for further questioning. Is there anything I can do for you? Do you like a specific car? Body armor? Weapons? Do you need a disguise? Would you like Francis to come along with you? Is that too many questions all at once? I look at him, still paralyzed. Yep. I look over at Brett. I say, I'm sorry, but pour one out for you. I look back over at Marvin. I say, if I get that million dollars, I'm indebted to you already. I'll go it alone. Just like this. (laughs) 